Awesome. Okay, we are in a series right now uh, that we're going to be wrapping up next week, uh, simply called Where to Draw the Line. And what we're doing in this series is we're looking at boundaries. And uh, this is a phrase that in the physical world we are fairly familiar with, boundaries where uh, one person's property begins and another person's property ends is, is a boundary, right? We, we get physical boundaries like borders and walls and gates and, and, and property lines, all that kind of stuff. But there's also boundaries when it comes to the world that you can't see, uh, the, the heart and the mind and the soul. And maybe you're familiar with boundaries language. Maybe, maybe that's, that's new to you. Maybe you've heard someone talking about their personal boundaries, and you're going, what the heck is this person talking about? Well, when it comes to boundaries, um, really what, what we're talking about, it's, it's very similar to boundaries in the physical world, but a little bit different. And uh, the best way to put it is like this. A boundary is a limit or a space between you and the other person. A clear space where you begin and the other person ends. A limit or space between you and the other person, a clear place where you begin and the other person ends. And knowing your boundaries is not just really a nice thing to have in life. It's actually essential to have in life if you're going to live out your purpose the plans that God has for your, your, your life, they're essential if you're going to take good care of your, your, your soul. They're essential if you're going to stay focused in life on the priorities that God has for you and that are important for you. But you, you need to know your boundaries. And we see in Scripture that, that boundaries are, are actually a part of, of God. God is a person um, of, of boundaries. God himself has boundaries. We, we use that, that word all the time to refer to God. He's a holy God. Well, that word holy actually means to be set apart. God is, he's a, he's a holy God. There's, the lines have been drawn. There's no darkness in him, only light. There's no sin or evil in him, only what's good and what's right. There's no lie in him, only truth. There's, there's boundaries. God has boundaries. And even as you look at the Trinity, so this... Uh, the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, we believe that, that God is three and one. And even when you look at the Trinity, we see that within the Trinity that there's, there's, there's boundaries, there's, there's limits, there's responsibilities and roles and, and distinct personalities within the Trinity. If you look at the gospel story, how God comes to, He comes after us and He seeks us and He, he doesn't wait for us to pursue Him but he sees us in our brokenness and our sin and our captivity. And thank God, he, he, he comes after us and he woos us. And it's the, it's the whole redemption story. And we see in the redemption story that within the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, that they all have roles. The Father, we read in, in Galatians 4.4, 4, it says that when, when, the, the, when the set time had fully come, God... The Father sent His Son. So the Father has this role of initiating and overseeing redemption. And then we see in Jesus, He's the one that carried out the plan that the Father had initiated. He said this, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of Him, the Father, who sent me. He obeyed the Father, and then the Holy Spirit comes along, and the Holy Spirit has His role in this, this whole redemption story, the gospel story. And, and Jesus put it like this, He said, When He comes... 
He will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. So the Holy Spirit is the one that comes along and opens our eyes and helps us see Jesus. And, and maybe this morning you were here as we're singing these songs, God, you can have my heart. God, you're a way maker. And, and something inside of you was stirring and you're, you feel, felt this, this pull towards God. You know who that is? That's the Holy Spirit working inside of you. So they have, we, see, we see boundaries uh, limits in, in, in res- distinct roles and responsibilities within the Trinity because the boundaries are good. And today what I'd like, I'd like to do is, is take a closer look at how to establish boundaries in your life. So how do you draw the line, the, the limits in the space when it comes to, to your own life? And um, what, what does that look like? And as we look at Scripture we, we see that when it comes to setting good boundaries, there's really three things. We could probably come up with a whole list of other things as well, but really three things that are, are really important for you to have when it comes to establishing good, healthy boundaries in your life. And the first thing is this. You need to know the truth about God in His way. You need to know the truth about God in His way. Absolutely critical to setting good boundaries in life. You know, when it comes to the Bible, it would be a mistake to think of the Bible as only a book to help you understand the Christian religion. It would be a mistake also to look at the Bible as just being a list of of wise philosophical teachings from some guy named Jesus way back in the day. It it would also be a mistake to look at the Bible as being uh, just merely a book of, of rules. It's so much more... It's, it's actually a living book about relationship. About relationship. It's, it's about relation, relationship of God to his people. It's about relationships of people to God. It's, it's relationships um, of people to each other. And in 2 Timothy 3.16, there's this verse that's very well known when it comes to the, the, the Bible and its role. And it says this. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do or teaches us to do what what is right and so it, it shapes what's true about god and what's true about us it shapes what's true about what's god's responsibility and our responsibility what 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 belongs to others it informs us about what's right or and wrong when it comes to Relationships with God and relationships with one another, boundaries, all that kind of stuff is tied up in Scripture. And when you follow what, what's true about God in His ways, you set yourself up to live what Jesus called life and life to the full. A life of purpose, a life filled with healing and peace and love and all these things. And, and, and let me just kind of explain to you how, how this works when it comes to boundaries. So did you know that you don't actually need to go through life wondering what your biggest calling, what your greatest responsibility is in life. You don't have to go through life wondering what that is. You don't have to seek it and figure it all out. And you don't, because the Bible lays it out very, very, very clearly what is your greatest responsibility and calling in life. Jesus comes along, and when he's asked what's the most important command in all Scripture, what does he say? He says it's this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, in all your soul, in all your mind, this is the greatest commandment, he says. Well, how does that help me establish boundaries in my life, Rich? What does that even have to do with boundaries? What does that have to do with that limit and space stuff that you're talking about? 
Well, it helps you know that the most important thing you need to be doing with your life, the thing that needs to be number one in your schedule, the thing that, that needs to be your greatest pursuit even more than that pay raise or that career or that guy or that girl, the thing that needs to be number one in your life that you need to protect and put boundaries around is your pursuit of, of Jesus. It helps you put boundaries around that in your life. Because we all know how life works. As we live our lives, other things begin to come and crowd in. So you have that boundary in your, your, your heart and your soul. You're, you're, you're going, I'm going to be all about Jesus and following Him first and foremost. Loving Him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. You put boundaries around that. You have time in your schedule. You, you put boundaries around your Sunday mornings. You go, I'm going to make my life all about doing that in a group of people. But life comes along and it begins to encroach on that boundary that, that you've set. And it... it begins to push in other things be, come along and before you know it maybe that job or that person becomes a bigger and bigger thing or maybe an issue in life begins to preoccupy your heart your soul and your mind and now you're just filled with anxiety and fear and it starts to crowd out that pursuit of Jesus now you can blame God for that you can blame a family member or a friend or the issue, but you know who's responsible at the end of the day for keeping that boundary strong around following Jesus as top priority? You are. You are. And, and, and guess what? God is going to actually respect your decision on what you're going to do with that boundary. He's going to respect your right to say no to him and no to his ways and, and let, because you're responsible. Another example of how knowing the truth about God and His ways helps you establish good boundaries is, um, you know, if you just look at, at marriage. Marriage might be one of the most difficult places for people to establish good boundaries. And um, um, a common issue that couples have when they first get married is for one or both of them to just be way too overconnected to dad and mom. They don't have a good boundary around that relationship with dad and mom, and this causes all kinds of issues in the marriage. As soon as one of them runs into any kind of conflict of any type, rather than go to their spouse, they go running to dad and mom, and the spouse all of a sudden just feels like, hey, who am I? Am I chopped liver? Like, what's going on here? Um, or they run into financial troubles, and uh, rather than take responsibility for those, those, those themselves, what do they do? They go running to dad and mom for a bailout. Um, we were in that boat back in the day. Um, and, and, but how, how are you supposed to know, as a new married couple, how are you supposed to know how to establish good boundaries in your marriage? You can just go try to figure it all out, or you can go, I'm actually going to start with the one who created all this, who knows me better than I know myself, who had the idea for marriage. I'm going to start with God in His ways and see what He has to say about this. And there's actually a lot that God has to say about the boundaries between a husband and a wife and their parents. Jesus says this. He says in Matthew 19, he says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. That's, that's space. That's a limit that Jesus is saying needs to happen between a, 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 a man and his parents or a wife and his parents. Uh, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, God has joined together. Let no one separate. And what do we see here? We see that it is good and it is right for a newly married couple, or a couple that's been married for a long time, to 
have some space between their marriage and their parents. This is good. It will lead to greater intimacy between that husband and that wife. It will lead to a stronger marriage as they learn how to take responsibility for themselves. And, and there are all kinds of good things that will come in that marriage when they know the truth about God and His ways as it relates to their marriage, and, and then they establish good boundaries around that. So the first thing that you need to have if you're going to establish good boundaries in your life is you need to know the truth about God and His ways. And thank God we don't have to go around guessing about what that is. We don't have to be like they were 600 years ago when there were no actual physical Bibles and the only way you could figure out about God and His ways is if you went to a, uh, something like this and some person up front was teaching from the Bible. No, we all have access to God in His ways. We all have access to truth in God's Word. You just have to download it on your phone. You can, I mean, if you don't have a, you want a physical Bible, we have a whole bunch at the back, grab one on the way out. You can know the truth about God and His ways. And it's the first way to, uh, to begin establishing good boundaries in your life. Next, in order to, to set good boundaries, you need to know the truth about yourself. You need to know the truth about yourself. And one of the most fundamental questions that, that we all should spend time pondering, and you actually probably don't even need to, to put some effort in this because it's just so natural, but one of the most fun, fundamental questions that, that there is in life is, who am I? Who am I? And uh, I remember back in my, my, my teenage years, early 20s, when, like most people around that age, that's when that question really begins to, to loom large. Some of you teenagers in the room, um, you're, 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 figuring, you're finding this out, that that question all of a sudden becomes an important question. Identity, like who, who am I? Who am I? And, you know, when you're a kid, that question is not, doesn't really play into things. I don't remember when I was like seven or eight thinking, uh, pondering like who am I and just really need to figure out who I am and how I'm distinct from my parents and all that kind of stuff. It's not really there. You know, as a kid, you're just, you're, you're just all about, you know, whatever boundaries your parents set around you, and, and uh, that's, that's just totally okay, and then it's just the rest is all about free time, just about playtime. And as a kid, for me, it was all about I had to do school, I had to do this stuff that my parents put in place, and didn't really ask a whole lot of questions, but then it, the, the rest of the time was just all playtime. It was, it was some street hockey, it was building Tarzan swings and forts in the back forest behind my house, it was fishing, all that kind of stuff. Just play, 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 play. Now, it'd be a little odd if that was still in my life, right? Like, I just, all day it's, it's, it's fishing and building tree forts and street hockey. I probably, a good chance I wouldn't be married if that was my life. But something shifts and changes in your, in your teenage years, right? All of a sudden, you, 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 you realize that there's something more to life. And as I hit my late teens, early 20s, I just remember I'd, I had to figure out who I was. And I started to do all these different personality profile things. And I, 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 I read some different books about how to figure out your strengths and your weaknesses and, and even read some different books just on helping you figure out what career you're supposed to go in. I remember talking with my parents and teachers and all this kind of stuff, trying to figure out who am I? What is my identity? And I would say that, you know, I, I really struggled with the answer to this question. Not necessarily because I didn't know who I was, but because I didn't really like who I was. 
And honestly, you know, I knew from the time I was 15 years old that, that God's plan for my life was that I was going to be a pastor of some sort. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I knew that I was going to be a pastor of some sort. But I didn't want to do it. I did not want to do it. And lots of different reasons, and I, I think I've shared this here before, but one of the reasons, my family had been a pastor. You know, my dad was a pastor. My, both my grandparents were pastors. Um, I had uncles that were pastors. In fact, in my family, here's a little fun fact about the Warner family. It was actually my ancestors that built the very first church building west of the Cascades way back in the 1800s. Like, we could trace that all the way back. In, in the, in, 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 down in, in Oregon, um, you can even go online. It's no, the, the building's no longer there. It was actually a log cabin they called the Wolf Chapel because it had a, the roof looked like a wolf's head, and that's since been replaced by a brick building. You can go Google it right now. Oldest building in, uh, church building in Pacific Northwest. But so all that to say, it's in my blood, and I'm a, I, I just didn't want to do what everybody else did. I didn't want to be a pastor. And, um, and I, I, not just because everybody else did it, but there was also this perception that I had of what being a pastor was. And I just did not want to be that guy. I just thought, I'd rather be something that's kind of cool. I want to be a rock star like I shared in week one. I want to be playing my guitar like Eddie Van Halen or, 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 or be on a hockey team or an archaeologist or something that just sounded like something cool and adventurous. And I just thought that being a pastor was just, man, I don't want to do that. So I, I fought it, and then there were my strengths and the different parts of my personality, and, and I just didn't like it. You know, I'm a, I'm a pr- you know, it comes right down to it. I'm a pretty quiet guy. I'm not like a super quick and witty, funny kind of person. And I remember in college, I wanted to be that, that guy that was outgoing. I wanted to be that guy that could just talk to any of the girls, no problem. I wanted to be that guy that was just, um, just fun and humorous and all this. I didn't want to be deep introspective thinker who likes to read books and and collect information. That just sounded boring to me. And so I knew who I was, knew the boundaries that God had created for me, but I didn't like them, so I pushed back. Anybody else ever been there before? You know? Some people actually spend their entire lives pushing back on the boundaries the limits of who they are and who they aren't. They live like Jonah. You know, remember the story about Jonah? God comes along to Jonah. He says, hey, Jonah, you're going to be a preacher. And by the way, Jonah, you're just not going to be a preacher to anybody out there. Jonah, you have a calling on your life. Jonah, you are going to preach to a very specific group of people. You're going to go to a city called Nineveh. And Jonah, I've got a great plan for your life, God says. It's going to be the plan that you're created for. You're going to be fulfilled. You're going to just experience the smile, my smile on your life, Jonah, God says. And what does Jonah do? He's like, uh, no thanks, God. Not, not, not what I want to be doing. And, and how, how did he respond? Well, instead of excitement about this newfound sense of identity, the Bible says this in Jonah chapter 1. It says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the land. Now you're going, what the heck? That, those, I've never heard of these cities before in my life. Well, if you've got Israel right here, over here towards... Uh, Iraq, Iran, all those places, you would have Nineveh was somewhere in that area. 
Tarsius is over in this area and believed to be Spain, modern-day Spain. So Jonah's like, there's no way I'm heading over there towards the desert. I'm actually going to head over there to Tarshish, which was a city in the to- that, that time that was idealized as an exciting and adventurous place to be. And so Jonah packs his swim trunks and his sunscreen. He's going to head on down to Kokomo. He's going to get there fast, and then he's going to take it nice and slow, and he's just going to live a life of adventure. You know, it's really, it's really fascinating to me how common this storyline is. It's so common. You know, it's something about us when it comes to identity. We all search for it. We all need to have it. But if it's not exactly the person that we want to be, or if it's not exactly the thing that we think we need to be doing, we fight it. You know, all of you teenagers that, that are here or watching online, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You wish that you were less like yourself and more like that other kid. You know, you wish you looked differently. You wish you were taller, shorter, smaller, bigger. You wish you were smarter. You wish you were funnier. You wish you had that talent instead of this talent. Anything other than what you are. And we try to push the boundaries of who we are. We try to make the, the round peg fit into the, 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 the our identities that are, are that square hole or whatever. And as a result, things don't go well for us. After Jonah decides he doesn't want to be or do what God has created him to be and do, and God comes along and says, Jonah, here's the truth about who you are. Here's the truth about what I've called you to, to do. Here's the, the truth about what I've created you to be. And as Jonah fights that and pushes against that, he, he runs into some problems. And the Bible says that as he's there on that, that cruise liner heading off to Tarshish, you know, probably started off all blue skies, and he's just kicking up there on the decks. He's got, he, he's got his, just his trunks on. He's trying to get some sun, suntan, all that kind of stuff. The Bible says, Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. And you know how the story goes. It actually gets a whole lot worse than just that. The, 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 the other guys on the ship, they, they, they end up figuring out that this storm was actually happening because the ship is cursed, their journey is cursed because Jonah is disobeying God. And so Jonah ends up saying, hey, just chuck me overboard. And things have got to get pretty bad if you're in Jonah's shoes and you're saying, you know what, just chuck me overboard. So they chuck him overboard. Next thing you know, God sends along a very big fish. We don't know exactly what kind of fish, likely a whale of some sort. And the, the, the whale swallows up Jonah. The whale travels through the water, spits him up on the land where he's supposed to be going. And God gets him right back on track with his identity and his calling in life. Isn't it a beautiful story? <laughs> you know, God will work through some unorthodox means sometimes to get us back on track with who he's created us to be. And maybe, maybe some, of, some of you in the room are running into some headwinds in life. And the reason is because you're fighting against God and the person that he's created you to be. You're going, why, why does life seem that, why, why? that picture of Jonah there in the middle of the storm, he has a plan, he ha- he's, he's excited about 
Tarshish and everything that's going to happen. And you're going, I've got, I'm, I'm excited about this plan that I have. But the headwinds keep coming against you. And you're going, what is going on? And, and as the headwinds and the storms are happening in your life, you're trying to figure out what the heck is happening. Maybe what's happening is you're fighting against the person who God has created you to be. You're going, I don't, I don't want to follow Jesus. I don't really want to be a mom anymore. It's just too hard. I don't want to be a husband or a, a wife to, to this particular spouse. I don't like the personality that I've been given. I don't like that my strengths are A, B, and C. I wish that they were X, Y, and Z. And you fight and you push. And when you fight against those boundaries that God's placed around your identity, life will be challenging. It just will be. It's going to be hard. You're going to be constantly running into headwinds because you're fighting against the person that God has created you to be. Because God knew when he thought about you, and Ephesians chapter 1 says that that wasn't a random afterthought. When he thought about you before the foundations of the earth were laid, the Bible says, he knew who you were going to be. He knew how you were going to be uniquely different than the other seven and a half billion people on this planet. He knew the, the, the plan that he was going to have for your life. And when you push against that and you fight against that, it will be like headwinds coming at you. You'll be like that proverbial eagle thinking it's a chicken and wondering why it's so dissatisfied with the life of pecking the ground all the time. Or vice versa, you'll be like that chicken that is seeing the eagle and going, I want to be that eagle and just frustrated why every time you try to launch out the chicken coop, you crash on the ground. Or you'll be like one of those contestants Remember back in the day on American Idol and, and you'd have that person that just thought Their voice was the greatest thing That the world had ever been offered And, and big, greatest thing since sliced bread and then, and you, but, but you sing like an old crow And Simon Cowell is more than happy to let you know that It's like running into headwinds in life <laughs> Here's the thing though When you know the truth about who you are And who God has created you to be And you embrace it Remember Jonah? Even after God sent that fish to spit him out on the dry ground, and, and Jonah agrees with God, and, he, and Jonah goes to Nineveh and preaches and sees incredible things happen, Jonah is still a very grumpy, angry, dissatisfied, miserable man. Why? Because he never embraced it. He just went through the motions of doing what God had asked him to do. But when you look at who God has created you to be, and you embrace it, you embrace it, when you do that, Something happens when you know the truth about who you are and you embrace your identity. It's in that place that you truly understand the meaning of the word fulfilled. You understand what it's like to be just satisfied and knowing joy that, that only comes when you embrace who God's created you to be. It's, it's like hearing the voice of God saying this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. When you embrace who God's created you to be, you know the joy of the Lord in a way that you just never would otherwise. I will never forget the moment for me when, back, it was actually back in 2012, where I had been pushing against God's 2012, I was held in 2012. 74. I'm not great at doing math up here in front of all you, but I was around 35-ish. And um, 
And even up until that, like, even up until that point, I've been, I was still fighting with God about who he created me to be. Like, I don't want, I, I, I don't really want to go and do this thing. I knew that deep down God was, was, was asking me to do something different, even with, within CTK. For those of you that have been around since the beginning, you know how we started, and we started off with, with video preaching and and, and my role was really just kind of coordinator and, and that sort of thing, never, never taught. And even just my, my role as the pastor here was, was, it just didn't have as much responsibility as it has now. And I fought God on that. I fought him over and over and over and over again because I still had that picture that I was describing to you that I had way back when I was 15. I still had that picture in my head of what it meant to be a, a lead pastor. I didn't want to do it. And so I fought God. But then in, in the summer of 2012, I just, I finally just, it wasn't like a big dramatic thing, but I just said, okay, God, if this is what you want, let's go. And I, I can't really put into words the shift that happened inside of my soul when I said that. All of a sudden, it, probably the best way to put it to you would be it was like the headwinds that were coming at me. All of a sudden, those just went, they died right down. And when you say yes to God, when you live your life within the boundaries of who he's created you to be, you know the, the joy, the smile of God in your life in a way that those who don't never will. Now, is that to say the life is just going to be all roses and, and just a cakewalk? No. It's, there, there's still struggles and hardships. But you know the smile of God in a way that you just wouldn't otherwise. Finally, if you want to set great boundaries in your life, you, you don't just need to know the truth about God and His ways. You, just, you don't just need to know the truth about who you are. You also need to have people in your life who love you enough to help, who love you enough to see that you are stepping outside of who God is in His ways. They love you enough to, to recognize when you're not living within who God's created you to be, and they say lovingly and gently, hey, I think that, I think God's got more for you. You know, we, we kind of all need someone like a Simon Cowell in our lives, hopefully a kinder, more tactful version. And he has gotten better, if you've been watching AGT at all. But, but someone who knows us well enough to know who we are, who we're created to be, someone who's, who's not afraid to offend us by calling us on it when we wander outside those boundaries. We all need to have somebody like that in our life. One of the reasons why we talk about community here is because hopefully you'll get some people like that who are part of your church family who can be that in your life and who you can be in someone else's life. But we all need those people, that friend who sees you're neglecting your calling, they see that your responsibility to be a great husband or a great wife or a great parent to your kids, they see that you're neglecting that. Maybe something else has become way bigger in your life, and, and they love you enough to come alongside and say, hey, can I just let you know what I'm seeing here? I care about you. Can I just offer you some observations? We need that friend who sees that you're not living up to all that you could be and says, hey, you've been comfortable where you're at. I know you've been comfortable in your career. You've been comfortable here. But I think it's time. I think it's time to take some risks. The boundaries are actually a lot broader than you've made them to be. Jesus, we see that he was like this for Peter. Peter needed a lot of people to be like this in his life. One of the people that was like this in in. Peter's life was Jesus, and Jesus sees Peter, and he sees what Peter's doing, and, and, he, and he knows that he's got a plan for Peter's life, and so he comes up to Peter, who's this guy who has 
all kinds of character issues and is just kind of flaky and has a temper and is just not living up to who he's created to be. And Jesus comes along and he sees Peter. And what does he do? He gives Peter a new name. He was called Simon before, but he says, your name's going to be Peter, which means rock. And he, and he calls Peter out to live in a, a, play, a broader place. But then Peter, like we all do, he, he kind of like lets those boundaries sort of shift and change and he becomes somebody that he's not created to be. And later on, all of a sudden, we, don't, we won't get into the whole story, but if you want to read about it in Galatians 2, you can see how he's got off track with his calling to preach the gospel and to live out the gospel. And then what happens? Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he loves Peter enough to come alongside of him and say, hey, what's going on, Peter? And what's happening to you? And they actually end up having a pretty, pretty big confrontation in front of a bunch of people, but it's just what Peter needed to get him back on track with who God created him created him to be. We need to have people in our life. life. If, you, if you think that you're strong enough to, to not need to have people in your life, you are very mistaken. You need to have people in your life who will support you and help you stay within the boundaries of who God's created you to be. The Bible says this. It says two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And as we close this morning, I wonder if, if you were to spend some time, why not right now, here in this moment, if you were to take a and, 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 and ask the Holy Spirit, maybe in prayer, or maybe later on this afternoon or this week, allowing Him to speak through some people in your life who love you. And, but if you were to, if you were just to, to ask the question, where have I been pushing against the boundaries that God wants to establish in my life? I wonder what he might reveal to you. I wonder even like with this, this boundary around our identity and who we are and who God's called us to be. I wonder what would happen. Like for all of you that, that are in the room and you're or online, and you're living at home with a dad or a mom. I wonder what would happen if you had enough courage to go to your parents and say, hey, dad and mom, when it comes to this identity thing, like, do you, am I being who God's created me to be? Or, or even just ask them, hey, who, who do you think God's created me to be? Like, what do you think when it comes to my strengths and, and maybe what might be a good career for me one day? Who do you think that God's created me to be? I wonder what would come out of that conversation. You that are married, I wonder what would happen if you had a conversation with your spouse and just go, hey, are we living within the boundaries of, you know, what we feel God's called us to as a couple? Or are we getting outside of that? Or, or if you even had enough courage to ask your spouse, hey, I want to make loving you and pursuing you and making our marriage a great marriage, how am I doing at that being a top priority in, in, in my life? It takes a little bit of courage, doesn't it? But I wonder what would come out of that conversation. Where are you pushing against the boundaries that God is wanting to establish in your life? Where are you pushing against those boundaries? And maybe you're, you're here in the room or you're, you're watching online and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, you are my Lord I'm, I'm going to follow you. 
I don't, don't even know entirely what that looks like, but Jesus, I know that there's something in me that is, that is saying that you are who you say you are, and I want to follow you. You've never done that. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. And, and if you haven't, guess what? You will keep running into headwinds in your life. They will not go away. Why? Because you have been created to be in relationship with God. And if you're not in relationship with God, if, if you're outside of that boundary that he's created, who he's called you to be and created you to be, you will be constantly running into headwinds in life. Wondering, what the heck is going on? Why is life like this? Why do I feel like I'm missing something? Why can't I figure out purpose? What, what, what is going on? Headwinds, 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 headwinds. Where are you at when it comes to the boundaries that God has put in your life? Boundaries, as we've been looking at in this series, are a good, good thing. Limits are a good thing. We can't be everything. We can't be everyone. If we think that we can, we are highly delusional. Boundaries are a good thing. And where have you been pushing back? And God, this morning, I believe he is, he is speaking to us and inviting us to know him and know his truth on a deeper level. He's inviting us to be the people that, that he's created us to be. Some of you students in the room who've just, you've been back in school for, what, two, three weeks now, and all you can think about is, I just want to be somebody else. And God wants you to know, no, who, who I created you is actually a good thing. And he's inviting you to just embrace who he's created you to be and discover the, the, the person and the calling and the purpose that he has for you. He's inviting us to, to embrace the boundaries that he has for us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you today for boundaries. God, I can't imagine how crazy life would be if there was no boundaries in our lives. Jesus, if there was no picture from, or just teaching and truth from Scripture around what a, what a marriage needs to look like, what parenting needs to look like, what following you and being in relationship with you looks like. God, how to navigate all the complexities and the, the hardships of life. God, I can't imagine how difficult it would be if, if you hadn't put some boundaries in place, if you hadn't come along and showed us the truth about what a relationship with you and others needs to look like. God, I can't imagine just being on this planet and just simply existing as a random clump of cells just trying to figure out what's going to make us happy floating on this random object in space. God, I'm thankful that you have created us to be who we are. God, you've given each of us, God, who are listening to us, God, you, you've given each of us unique strengths, personality, wiring, giftings, callings, purpose, all that stuff. And God, I pray for that person that, that is here who maybe they're in a place of really trying to figure out what that is and and because they just, they don't know. They got, they have pieces, but the whole picture is, is just not there and they're trying to figure out what the next piece is. And God, I, I pray that you'd, you would help them, God, to know who they are. Help them to know who you pray them to be. Speak to them, God. I pray, whether that's speaking to them through a, a teacher at school, a parent, a friend, maybe through a book, I don't know. God, speak to them 
Lord, when it comes to figuring out who they are. And then, God, as you speak to, to us, God, around the boundaries of, of our identity, God, I pray that we would be people, God, who embrace that, who don't fight against that because we, are, we wish that we were something else. God, may we be people who embrace that. And God, as we do, we just allow you to do whatever you want to do through our lives. Whatever you want to do. So God, I, I pray that, Lord, uh, you would help all of us as we leave today, God, to be people who just set good boundaries, God, who press into you, who know your truth, the truth about who you are and your ways, and God, who know the truth about us, uh, ourselves, and we, we stand firm in that. And then lastly, I just want to pray, God, that you would bring people in our lives, God, who would love us enough, God, not only just to, not, not only just to help us know who we are, but God, who love us enough to to share with us, God, when we get off track from that. God, bring those people into each one of our lives and, and help us, Jesus, to, to embrace that and to listen to that and to be wise and, and to, to change where we need to change. Father, thank you so much for this time that we've had together today. God, it's been so refreshing, so refreshing. God, being with your church, God, it's been so refreshing worshiping you and God, taking some time out of our weeks, our week just to reflect on your greatness. Thank you so much for this. God, we don't take this opportunity that we've had this morning lightly. We don't take it for granted. God, thank you so much for this. And God, I pray for each person that's listening, God, as they leave today, may they just know you in a deeper way. God, may they know the smile of you on their lives, God, in an incredible way. Pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, just 